I'm the official sentry of the island of misfit toys. A jack-in-the-box for a sentry? Yes, my name is... Don't tell me. Jack. No, Charlie. That's why I'm a misfit toy. My name is all wrong. No child wants to play with a Charlie in the box, so I had to come here. Hello, cassettes, and welcome to the Christmas Case Diaries. It's Christmas time, kinda. We're three old elves learning everything we can about movies and TV, and hopefully teaching others in the process. I'm Adam. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. Well, Christmas is a coming, and bells begin to ring. Stores are crowded. Uh, well, they sh- maybe shouldn't be. Uh, Christmas music is assaulting our eardrums once more. Just kidding. But most of all, it's that time again to watch the Rankin and Bass Christmas specials. Yay! Yay! All the Christmas specials. Yeah, all of them. (laughs) Back in the 1960s, the concept of holiday TV specials was brand new. It started with Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol in 1962. The idea was well-received with... Advertisers jumping at the opportunity to profit off of the undivided attention of families gathered for the holidays. In 1964, an animated studio known as Videocraft International created a Christmas special about a reindeer with a bright red nose. Although previous holiday specials were generally successful, this quirky stop-motion classic changed the game. The success of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was undeniable. The offbeat animation perfectly matched the eccentric yet lovable characters. So the animators went to work and produced more holiday specials for years to come. Soon, Rankin and Bass, as the company was later known, was a fixture for the holiday season. Their work has become a holiday tradition, and some wouldn't consider it Christmas without it. There are so many specials, we couldn't possibly talk about them all. No, we couldn't, and we're not going to (laughs) try. So, we have picked our top five favorites. It's time, cassettes, for ranking and bass. <laughs> oh, God. Just I was so, so happy know, about that. <laughs> yeah. This whole episode exists because of that joke. <laughs> it's You're a welcome. Good, it's a good joke. It's it great. is a joke. <laughs> Before we get into our favorite specials, we're going to talk about the history of Rankin and Bass. I'm sure no one saw this coming. <laughs> Not about... a one. <laughs> In the early 1950s, Arthur Rankin was an art director for ABC. Eventually, he left the network to start his own business, making commercials for ad agencies. Through this experience, he met Jules Bass when he would deliver materials from Gardner Advertising to Rankin's studio. The two decided to go into business together, combining Rankin's experience in art direction and Bass's advertising knowledge. Although it was a no-brainer for the two to create TV commercials, Rankin had always wanted to animate. So, the two men decided to create an animation studio called Videocraft International, and later Rankin-Bass. In the late 1950s, a Japanese delegation came to New York and spoke with people in the entertainment business. One of them was Rankin, who decided to travel to the country in 1958. While he was there, he toured various studios and fell in love with the animation techniques they employed, which he later called Animagic. Whoa. (laughs) Um, this has existed. (laughs) (laughs) 
He was also impressed by the speed and quantity of animation that came through the studios, and ultimately, Rankin recognized the immense talent of these animators. Therefore, Rankin and Bass outsourced all the animation for their first series to studios in Japan. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, you could consider them anime. Rankin and Bass chose Pinocchio. This was for for their very first series because he was a well-known character, and they wanted to draw in audiences. Their next series was Cell Animation, based on characters from The Wizard of Oz, since it had lapsed into the public domain. Smart. One company that was impressed by their work was General Electric. They commissioned some TV commercial work from Rankin and Bass. Due to the success of the advertisements, the men started planning something bigger for GE, an animated Christmas special. Of course, this special would become the holiday staple known as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And as they say, the rest is history. For the next 30 years, Rankin and Bass produced stop motion and sell animated holiday specials, TV shows, and live-action films. Their careers were so vast, they can be found all throughout American pop culture, even in places you might not expect. From the 1980s series Thundercats... Um, excuse me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, my yeah. goodness. ...to shows about the Osmonds and the Jackson 5, to specials about Easter, Thanksgiving, and Smokey the Bear. Rankin and Bass did so much more than Christmas specials. They were a full-fledged animation studio that influenced and entertained millions. But of course, it is Christmas time. So today, we are talking about their contribution to the holiday. So let's start ranking our favorite Rankin and Bass Christmas specials. Oh, oh there it is again. <laughs> I can't. I, I, had to, I had to do it again. Yeah. I mean, it's just so solid <laughs> and so easy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It really is. I know. I can't believe it took us two years <laughs> to think of doing this at yeah. the so let's do it. Yeah. I bet you wonder what our number five is. Well, it's a, it is a it bit of a surprise. The first Christmas, the story of the first Christmas snow. Yay. Yay. Which one been... is this? What? <laughs> um, could have been one title. <laughs> I think. Could have been. Yeah. It could have been a bit shorter. Shorter. More concise. But I'm going to go with but it. But we'll go with it. I actually don't understand the first part of the title because it's clearly not the first Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Nor does it sound like it is the first Christmas snow. Yeah. No, they just talk <laughs> about it. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's all good. Well, that We can get past that. Yeah. It's our number five it's, pick. It is our number five. It was the eighth Christmas special by Rankin and Bass and first aired... December 19th, 1975 on NBC. So you're telling me it's not the first of anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was eighth. <sighs> and they it's number R. They should have called it the eighth Christmas snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be very specific about it. There have been only seven snows before this one. <laughs> After a young shepherd is left blind from a lightning strike, the nuns of a nearby abbey take him and his animals in. The priest insists that the nuns send the boy, named Lucas, to an orphanage after Christmas. Sister Teresa, the head nun, tells Lucas about the white Christmases she saw growing up. Lucas is fascinated by the idea of snow, since he has never seen it. His one wish for Christmas is for it to snow, and he asks a friend to describe it to him if it comes. While the Abbey performs their nativity play, Snow miraculously begins to fall, 
since they never have snow in their climate. Lucas suddenly can see again, and the snow has seemed to cure his blindness. The moment it touches you, the warmth of your skin makes it disappear into water. Louisa, you make it sound so real that I can actually see it. It's just like in a dream. It's like, Louisa, Louisa, it's not a dream at all. I can see, for real. It is a white Christmas. The priest and nuns decide to let Lucas stay with them at the Abbey. <laughs> so, I mean, it's his first Christmas snow. That's yeah. right. So there's one. Exactly. Now, <laughs> the first part of the title. Can someone please explain? <laughs> well, first Christ- Jesus. They talk about it. There's a nativity. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> they really, I just feel like there were thousands of better titles for this. <laughs> I would have been okay if it were just the first Christmas snow. Yeah. I would have been like, yes. cool, got it. I wanted to point out, it's kind of funny how there are multiple Rankin and Best specials where part of the plot is that it doesn't snow where we are. Mm. It can't possibly snow here, Ah. and then it does. Yeah. They act like snow is so magical. Yes. And it's... (laughs) Well... It's okay. I'll say this. If we didn't live in Ohio, (laughs) it might be a little bit more magical. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If if we lived just south enough to where it would snow sometimes, like maybe we'll get snow, Mm -hmm. but we get snow. I wish, I wish we just got snow on Christmas Eve. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the world just knew that it was Christmas. And it's like, okay, <laughs> snow is now and none other, and no, yeah. no other time. Yeah. This special was written by Julian P. Gardner, which was a pseudonym for Jules Bass. The music was done by Maury Laws with lyrics by Jules Bass, just like previous Rankin and Bass specials, but with a special appearance of White Christmas by Irving Berlin. It's a nice little one in there. It's like, wow, I know this one. (laughs) Because the rest of them are just like, you know it from the special. But this one, you know, it kind of takes you out of it a little bit, but at the same time fits. This special was made with Animagic, the term coined by Arthur Rankin to describe the stop motion process used by the studios in Japan. Akiro Komuro and Aka Kazu Kono were the production supervisors for the Animagic process which of course included characters made of foam and latex, with ball and socket joints. Animagic also used projected imagery onto its miniature sets and characters to add a kind of visual magic to some scenes, like the scene where it snows. Yeah, you can tell that it's kind of animated differently when it appears, Mm because it doesn't feel the same, right? right? And And it's amazing how these specials are feel so different from like any other stop motion stuff out there. Like if it's stop motion, I can tell that it's Rankin and Bass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This special stars Angela Lansbury as Sister Teresa, and all and she also narrates the special. This was, of course, before she was known as the gentle Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast, but after starring as Miss Price in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Lansbury is a big-name actress, but Rankin and Bass had already been known for introducing young audiences to legendary actors like Fred Astaire and Mickey Rooney. They specifically sought out celebrities for their specials. Unlike Disney at the time, who was looking for character actors for their characters, Mm. Rankin and Bass had celebrities. 
Which when I read that, I was like, so it's you. It's their fault. Uh, so you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> Cyril Richard plays Father Thomas, the priest that wants Lucas placed in an orphanage. Richard was a seasoned stage actor, well known for his version of Captain Hook in Mary Martin's Peter Pan. You know, the version of Peter Pan that every school library had on VHS in the 1990s. Yeah. Clap! Clap! Don't <laughs> let Tink die! <laughs> Richard appeared in other Rankin and Bass productions, including the animated Hobbit. David Kelly only gave his voice to a couple other TV shorts in his career, but he is most well known for the role of Lucas the Shepherd Boy. Dina Lynn played Louisa, Iris Rayner as Sister Catherine, Joan Gardner as Sister Jean, Sean Manning, Don Mezick, Greg Thomas, and Hilary Momberger provided additional voices. Nice. Yeah, like some of the other kids. And what jerks they are. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting in these specials how mean people are. Right? Like, they're generally pretty awful people. <laughs> yeah. Let's go play a prank on this orphan blind kid. <laughs> So we're going to talk a little bit about the impact that this special had and why we chose it, because yeah. it might not be a popular choice. This is not <laughs> a very well-known special. So after watching a lot of Rankin and Bass, and I do mean a lot of yes. Rankin and Bass, we decided to include this sweet little special as our number five choice. When we think of Rankin and Bass, we imagine, we imagine classic characters like Santa Claus and Frosty a brightly colored and non-religious representation of Christmas. But Rankin and Bass also created specials based on Christian stories, with passages from the Bible and the birth of Christ. Back in the 1960s, it was frowned upon to use religious messaging in specials, and a Charlie Brown Christmas really paved the way for more religious subject matter in TV entertainment. The most notable of these is possibly The Little Drummer Boy, which takes place in Bethlehem and features biblical characters. But if you're looking for a special with religious themes that doesn't also include murder and brief animal violence, <laughs> The First Christmas, The Story of the First Christmas Snow is a great choice. <laughs> Even really with that, oh, that long title. That is a, that's a rough title for sure. <laughs> Marcy and I watched both of those back to back. Yes. Because we thought about making The Little Drummer Boy number five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We just thought this one was a little sweeter. Like, it's a little anticlimactic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's short. It's really short. But I, I don't know. I felt like it was nice. Yeah, it's feel good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's very cute. Watching the little drummer boy is rough because mm -hmm. the kid's parents were murdered. He hates all people. When's it get happy? <laughs> Christmas <laughs> when's, time. When's the happiness happen? And then his sheep gets run over by a cart. Uh. But at least Jesus was able to heal his little sheep. Yes. So. Yeah. This special is short and features the comforting voice of Angela Lansbury. For any kids that were raised in Christian households, it features fam familiar components like the annual nativity play, mm. where the main character plays an angel, a rite of passage for every Christian child. Absolutely. Fact. Yes. <laughs> Try to be the most non-important character possible. Yeah, exactly. But more than anything, this special isn't as heavy-handed as other religious material. The story of Christ isn't the focus, and there is no hard-learned lesson about believing in God. Instead, the focus is on the simple joy of snow on Christmas. Yeah. 
there's obviously nuns and a priest mm-hmm. and then nativity. It's background stuff. It's yeah. like the fact that they are nuns is not important. The fact that they do a nativity play is not important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for a moment, I want to talk about the priest guy. I still can't decide if I end up being all right with him by the end. Yeah. Or not. Because he seems to be like a jerk who's not really into Christmas. Yeah. I I feel like there's kind of an old school of thought. Yeah. With the older priests, you know, mm-hmm. where... Let's not be festive and let's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, Christmas isn't about. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I feel like it's just a different school of thought. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily like he's a jerk. Because mm-hmm. I have yeah. encountered people like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just find it very strange that they were, the nuns and all of the local children were inside the abbey decorating with Christmassy things, right? Mm-hmm. They had a tree and there's mm-hmm. uh, mistletoe and tinsel and stuff everywhere. Yeah. And the priest comes in and not like angrily. He's like, oh, you know, oh, you're putting this stuff up already. Well, save some, and the song happens, save some Christmas for Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get it, but like mm-hmm. they were having a good time. <laughs> and it's just kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this song is like, yeah, save some holiday joy for Christmas Day. Why don't you? Yeah. Like, it's happy still. I mean, I get it because it's like, it's still probably technically Advent. And they're like, I well, guess, yeah. You know, yeah. with the Christian faith, it's true, like, true. Jesus doesn't come until Christmas Day. That's so right. don't not, celebrate too much yeah, yet. Yeah, it's not quite time yeah. to celebrate. Moving on. Let's do it. Number four. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. Ba, ba, da, ba. Another song. This title is cool. I like this one. <laughs> this title is fine. Yeah. It's easy to remember for you, Adam. Is that yes. it? <laughs> That's right. It's not a double title. Santa Claus is Coming to Town first aired on December 14th, 1970 on ABC. If you'll notice, these specials aired on all different networks. And this was because Rankin and Bass created them specifically for brands and companies, while the network aired them as an ad for that brand. That's right. Your favorite Christmas specials are just very intricate commercials. Yep. Wah, wah, wah. Back in the 60s and 70s, there were fewer commercials on TV, so the special is often edited for more modern TV viewing to keep the full runtime under an hour. Sometimes songs are removed or more troubling scenes will be omitted. Santa Claus is Coming to Town follows the origin story of Kris Kringle, a toy maker who eventually becomes Santa Claus. It starts with a train conductor reading children's questions about Santa, which then leads into the story. The special explains where Santa comes from, why he brings toys to children, how he met Mrs. Claus, and why he lives at the North Pole. This framing device is similar to the one that Rankin and Bass used for Rudolph, with an outside character addressing the audience and narrating the story. It was a popular style for many live-action specials, giving these programs a feeling of legitimacy. They were, like any other Christmas special, but animated. Santa Claus is Coming to Town is their fifth Christmas special. And unlike the first special on our list, it was one hour long. Written by Romeo Moeller, the movie was based around the Christmas song of the same name, with music and lyrics by Fred Coots and Haven Gillespie and originally sung by the American comedian and singer Eddie Cantor in 1934. While the film featured the famous song, it was in amongst original songs by Maury Laws, who did the music, and lyrics by Jules Bass. 
This team created most of the Rankin Bass musical catalog, but they counted this soundtrack among their absolute favorite. Maury Laws later said that this was a very enjoyable project for him. He said that Mickey Rooney, who played Santa, had the perfect voice to animate to. Oh, man. And there, I read, too, that in the song, One Foot in Front of the Other, the, the part when the Winter Warlock gets up, mm-hmm. uh, they changed the time signature when he walks mm-hmm. to match his walking. Oh, yeah, because it, like, speeds up with him, kind yeah. of? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so they changed the time signature to, sh- to show, like, first at first how wobbly he was, mm-hmm. and then they shifted it back to the way it was before. I thought that was interesting. That's yeah, great. Yeah, that's really cool. The script was also slightly influenced by the book by L. Frank Baum, entitled The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. I want that to be like an anthology. Yeah. <laughs> where, like, Santa goes to other planets, maybe. Ooh. Adam, <laughs> you should write cool. that. I yeah. will, maybe. While they would later adapt this book into a more faithful adaptation in 1985, some details were used for this film. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I looked up the 1985 one. Yeah. Talk about things that are impossible to find. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we'll be able to watch that. This one's just better. (laughs) (laughs) The story is set in Germany, with the name Kris Kringle coming from German folklore. Many people have noted that most of the characters with German accents are villainous, except for Santa's mother. Because of this, some have made the connection that the German mayor burning the toys of children is a metaphor for the Nazis burning literature and art during World War II. Oh. I don't know if it was totally intentional, but uh-huh. do, people do think that. They do make that connection. So this special stars Fred Astaire as the postman narrator, S.D. Kluger. Well, hello there. Uh, my name's Special Delivery Kluger, SD for short. Oh, I've got lots of letters for Santa today. Astaire added some star power to the special as someone who often hosted his own holiday and TV specials. Kluger was a character of Fred Astaire himself, bearing a remarkable resemblance to the performer. The character was so popular, Rankin and Bass brought him back for another special. The Easter Bunny is coming to town. Can we, like, have his vehicle IRL, please? Because <laughs> I would rather drive in the snow with one of those. Because mm-hmm. it had treads and skis. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they exist, but, like, let's make them common. Yeah. Please. In the Easter Bunny one, he drives the little engine that could. Oh, oh that's so cute. Oh. I still say he knows everything about Santa because he opens his mail. Oh. <laughs> the only reason the only reason (laughs) anyway mickey rooney plays chris kringle slash santa claus rooney had a long and legendary career in show business before playing chris kringle at age 50 and continued working long after until his death he reprised his role as santa claus in a later rankin and bass special that we will talk about here shortly there is a movie he did called national velvet with Elizabeth Taylor when she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I loved that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, he is so cute in that. I remember yeah. I, I, saw, I loved him because of that. He also used to do a bunch of shorts with mm-hmm. Judy Garland. Yes. Him and Judy Garland were best friends. Their friendship is so cute. <laughs> yeah, they were best friends and they starred in shorts together all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Keenan Wynn plays the Winter Warlock. Keenan Wynn was the son of famous character actor Edwin, and he had a career of his own as a character actor. 
Edwin's the guy in Mary Poppins that can't get down from the ceiling. Just in case anyone was wondering who that is. Oh my gosh. He played live action Disney villains in The Absent Minded Professor, Son of Flubber, and Herbie Rides Again. Oh man. His full name was Francis Xavier Aloysius James Jeremiah Keenan Wynn. Woo! <laughs> and you thought that the story, the first Christmas story of the first Christmas snow was was long. I mean, all right. <laughs> Paul Fries makes several appearances as Burgermeister Meisterburger, Grimsley, Soldiers, Townsman, and the Doctor. I've always loved Burgermeister Meisterburger. Mm-hmm. Only because of the name. It's kind of mean. <laughs> But that name is so good. <laughs> ah, a perfect day. Everybody is glum. Ah, see all the little children are playing with their toys. Playing with their toys. Stop in the name of the law. Fries was a legendary comedian and voice actor. He would often provide voices for the Rankin and Bass specials, even after his retirement. The Burgermeister was one of his most well-known roles, and Fries personally loved voicing him. In case anyone was wondering, a Burgermeister is a German mayor, a city master. Ahaha. Hmm. I get it now. <laughs> that makes way more sense. Yes. <laughs> Fries was also known for providing the voice of Professor Ludwig von Drake. Ludwig von Drake! <laughs> Oh, yeah, let's, yeah. Yes, Donald Duck's paternal uncle. This character hosted episodes on the wonderful world of Disney, as well as the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea sing-along tape. Under the Sea. It's a great sing-along tape. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's ever looking for a good sing-along tape to watch. Yeah, I mean, they're all real winners. Though, but... <laughs> I think they're most of them are on YouTube. In oh, full, heck yeah. so oh. people want to with the bouncing those. ears too. I and think so. Sweet. Yeah, you'll find out before you're done. Music's fun for everyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Joan Gardner played Tanta Kringle, the matriarch of the Kringle family, and Chris's adoptive mother. Gardner was a voice actress that lent her voice to many characters, including Tiny Tim in Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol and Bonnie in Here Comes Peter Cottontail. She also played Sister Joan in our number five pick. Roby Lester as Miss Jessica slash Mrs. Claus. Lester was a voice actor and musician that often provided singing voices for characters. She was actually the singing voice of Bianca in The Rescuers and Duchess in The Aristocats. Oh, man. That's so cool. Dude, isn't this fun? Finding this (laughs) stuff out? That's cool. Yeah. There is no doubt that Santa Claus is Coming to Town is one of the most famous of the Rankin and Bass specials. It still airs every year on regular cable and is included in holiday special collections. But why did we choose it? This special certainly has star power with Fred Astaire and Mickey Rooney, but it also is one of the most consistent in terms of its music. Sure, there are a couple of strangish songs, like when Mrs. Claus realizes her love for Chris or when Chris sings about how each child must kiss him to get a gift. But those cannot undo One Foot in Front of the Other and First Toymaker to the King. Those two songs that I mentioned that, that are kind mm-hmm. of you know different, 
uh, those are the ones that get cut. When yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. When they do the, the, yeah. Yeah, if it's on TV, you're probably not going to see those. Yeah, you're not going to see the one where he says you have to give him a kiss. For many children, this was their first exposure to the lore behind Santa Claus. And although some explanations for Santa were written specifically for this special, there is something to be said for introducing children to the more mythical side of the man that brings them presents every Christmas. There are different Santa origin stories from all over the world, and this shows children that he doesn't belong to just one culture, but to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So number three. Frosty the Snowman. Oh. So low <laughs> on the list. Sound, sounded like a ghost. No. Ghostly. Well, Frosty's a ghost. We all know that. Mm. Rankin and Bass's most popular cell animated Christmas special aired on December 7th, 1969 on CBS. It was based on the song Frosty the Snowman, written by Jack Rollins and Steve Nelson. The song was originally performed by Gene Autry, but has since been covered by countless artists. Autry and the songwriters were hoping for a hit as big as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but the song unfortunately didn't achieve the same level of popularity. At first, anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. now it's right up there. Yeah. We covered the history of this song in last year's episode, A Briefcase in the Snowman. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. So please give that a listen if you would like to hear more about the, how the song came to be. Yeah, be on the lookout for trains, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Just as a refresher, some believe the song was based on a snowman character created by author Ruth Berman. Songwriter Jack Rollins said it was inspired by his step-granddaughter who cried after her snowman melted overnight. Oh man. And actually, I want to say, Frosty is made from the first snow of the season, ah. which we got yesterday. That's yeah. right. We've got to go and do it right now. Yeah, there's snow everywhere here in Ohio right now, so it's a lot, it's a lot like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can maybe cure blindness, too. <laughs> Who knows? According Possibly. to other special. <laughs> The special follows Frosty, a snowman brought to life by the magical hat of a failing magician named Professor Hinkle. After seeing what the hat is capable of, Hinkle tries to steal it back and pursues Frosty and a young girl named Karen as they attempt to travel to the North Pole in search of a place where Frosty will never melt. This was not the first time someone animated Frosty, as United Productions of America made a five-minute animated short to the song 15 years earlier. So Rankin and Bass wanted this special to look like a greeting card, so the characters were designed by Paul Coker Jr., an incredibly talented artist whose illustrations appeared in Mad Magazine and on Hallmark cards. After Frosty, Coker continued to work with Rankin and Bass for years, often designing cover art and promotional material. The animation supervisor was Steve Nakagawa, who had the same role for the Mad, Mad, Mad Comedians and the Smokey the Bear Show. <laughs> Two more of Rankin and Bass's productions. See, there's a lot of specials that yeah. aren't even Christmas. Yeah. That... <laughs> Let's say you guys know all these, right? Yeah. <laughs> Initially thinking about this one, like, oh yeah, those four or five popular ones, right? Mm-hmm. Looking into it, oh my. There's a lot. <laughs> this was not Rankin and Bass's first cell animation special as they produce Cricket on the Hearth and Mouse on the Mayflower years earlier. <laughs> Sound like great ones. Animals yes. on things. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like all their other animation, however, it was produced in Japan. 
Romeo Muller, the writer known for Rudolph, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and many other Rankin and Bass specials and shows, adapted the story from the popular song. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I like Frosty. I think this one's really good. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I mean, it's in the top five at least. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some say the top three. (laughs) (laughs) This special was narrated and sung by Jimmy Durante a well-known musician and actor, and this was reportedly his last performance. I suppose it all started with the snow. You see, it was a very special kind of snow. A snow to make the happy happy and the giddy even giddy. A snow to make a homecoming homier and natural enemies friends. Durante had covered the song years earlier, but had to re-record it specifically for the special. The original song didn't mention anything about Christmas, but since this needed to be specifically a Christmas special, the lyrics were changed to say, He waved goodbye, saying, Don't you cry, I'll be back on Christmas Day. Oh. Smart. Interesting. I'll be back again someday. Yeah, someday was the original. Uh. Huh. Well, who knows when he would come back if it's not Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Comedian Jackie Vernon voiced Frosty. Although Frosty was well-known before the special, Jackie Vernon really gave Frosty his warm and loving personality. Now it's impossible to think of the character without imagining his jolly voice exclaiming, Happy birthday! Vernon's portrayal of Frosty is iconic, and the special would likely not have been nearly as popular without it. Veteran character actor Billy D. Wolf played <laughs> Professor Hinkle. Wolf was a regular on the Doris Day show, and Rankin said that his vocal performance was one of the best they ever had, and his vocal patterns were perfect for animation. Missy, Missy, Missy. <laughs> Additional voices of Paul Fries and June Foray. <sighs> of course, Paul Fries was part of the fun, bringing the voices of the traffic cop and ticket clerk. And Santa, too, I believe. Yeah. June Foray played the children's school teacher, but she also recorded all of Karen's lines as well. Karen was recast, and a different voice actress plays her in the special. Foray later said that this disappointed her, but she still loved the special anyway. There is no known reason for the casting change, though perhaps some executive wanted a child to play the role? Yeah, the kid that played it was like five. Yeah, it sounded... You know, as good as June Foray is, Mm -hmm. there's something to be said about having an actual child do yeah. a voice mm-hmm. because you can't it's some things you can't really mimic right mm-hmm. much of the charm of Rankin and Bass's specials comes from the animation they are so well known for stop motion audiences often forget that Frosty is one of their creations Frosty was able to capture the charm of a Christmas card and the sweet innocence of playing in the snow it has a killer cast all delivering incredible performances the special reminded viewers of their childhood bringing back a popular Christmas song sung by a familiar voice. Frosty's story is fun, but also succinct and complete. No time is wasted with extra songs, and it leaves viewers satisfied with a happy conclusion. 
Frosty still airs every Christmas, and it deserves a top spot among all Christmas specials, not just those of Rankin and Bass. That is absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. My mother really liked Frosty the Snowman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember she, the song, when I hear it, I can hear her singing it. She sang it oh. so often, year-round. It wasn't even just a Christmas mm-hmm. song. Yeah. She loved that. She loved snowmen. So yeah. I remember how much she loved this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've always loved Frosty. Um, I actually, for until we did this, I didn't really realize it was a Rankin and Bass thing because, in my mind, it's always been the stop motion ones mm-hmm, that have mm-hmm. been them, right? And then Frosty was just something else, I guess. Yeah. But now realizing, it's like, well, dang, they're so good. <laughs> like they're so good at what they do. Yeah. Because they had all these really good ones. Yeah, I think I always watch that one, and then also the second one as well. <laughs> nice. Which hopefully oh, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about. Someday. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Mercy's a big fan of the second one. I am. Specifically the spray they use to, to yes. get rid of all the snow. Yes. That she... needs to be a real thing. Mm-hmm. You could just... Anyway. You could, you could like spray fire. That might work. Yeah, you know I what, mean, Mercy? You, you should just get you a yeah. flamethrower. Yeah, destroy the grass too. It's just okay. head over to Amazon. <laughs> Bogo on flamethrowers. It's the number two pick, guys. What is it? <gasps> the year without a Santa Claus. Oh, Yay! my goodness gracious. Bum, 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 bum. This special aired on December 10th of 1974 on ABC. Santa has a cold and doesn't want to deliver the Christmas presents this year. This attitude is made worse by a grouchy doctor who tells Santa that no one cares about Christmas anyway. Ugh. Yeah, what a grinch. <laughs> Mrs. Claus, concerned for her husband and the fate of Christmas, sends two elves and the baby reindeer Vixen out into the world to find Christmas cheer. The three of them ultimately land in some trouble after getting caught in the crossfire between the heat and snow misers, two brothers responsible for cold and hot weather. Afraid for their safety, Santa goes out looking for them and ends up discovering that the world does still care about Christmas. It's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) It's important to note this is one of the only two specials on this list that wasn't created around an existing Christmas carol. Yet, we heavily considered it for our number one spot. We sure did. We did. We did. Yeah. William J. Keenan wrote the special, which was based on a book by Phyllis McGinley. This was a one-hour Animagic special featuring songs by Jules Bass and Maury Laws. Although there are several songs throughout the special, none of them compare to the sheer greatness of the Heat Miser and Snow Miser songs. In fact, no other Rankin and Bass original song is as memorable. Man, he just yes. well, I want to sing it so bad. <laughs> it's on the tip of our tongues. <sighs> Maury Laws said years later, people knock on my door and ring me up about that song. I believe it. <laughs> it was oh, his, yeah. his greatest his greatest creation was this song. <laughs> yeah. If if people kept calling me about it, I would always just say, You're too much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although the animation was done in Japan, storyboard artist Don Duga was responsible for giving animators a mood to follow. He had worked on several Rankin and Bass productions before this one, like Frosty the Snowman, and was often credited as a continuity artist. Ikiro Komuro and Akakazu Kono 
were the production managers for the project. They led many of the Rankin and Bass productions, while the production design was done by Paul Coker Jr. I thought it was important to mention these animators in Japan that never get any kind of credit. Yeah. <laughs> that did all this work, arguably most of it. <laughs> yes. Right. And uh, so, you know, I tried to find them whenever they were listed yeah and like and like we said it gave these specials their their own charm nothing else is like these man yeah no even other classic stop motion of around the same time period just doesn't have the same feel to it yeah Mm -hmm. this one stars shirley booth as both the singing narrator and mrs claus Shirley Booth is best known as the title character in the TV show Hazel, a sitcom about the misadventures of a live-in maid. This was her last role before retiring from acting, so she went out on a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Mickey Rooney, once again as Santa Claus. A few years after starring in Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Mickey Rooney returned to play Santa, cementing his place in the Rankin and Bass Christmas universe. You know, this this one is my favorite depiction of Santa. Mm-hmm. And I think his voice probably has a lot to do with it. Nobody really cares anymore. And then besides, the doctor says I'm, I'm really not up to snuff. Besides, I'm due for a holiday. I better call the boys and tell them to cancel Christmas. I love this idea of Santa. Because you, for the first time, I know when Santa Claus is coming to town, you can kind of see him as a person. Mm-hmm. But he's still got like kind of that magical element to him. Right. And then, and he's so brash in that one and fearless. Yeah. And I could do anything. And then in this one, he's kind of beaten down. Yeah. He's kind of burnt out. Mm-hmm. He's like, why do I even do this? Yeah. Do people even care? Mm-hmm. It, it really humanizes him in this special. Like, mm-hmm. not only does he get a cold. Yeah. It's like uh, some magical <laughs> character like Santa wouldn't get any kind of disease, right. but he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, he's kind of burnt out on his job. I mean, it's a tough job. Yeah. So. Dick Sean as Snow Miser. Well, Mrs. Claus, how's your hubby? Well, I'm afraid he's got a pretty bad cold, Snowy. Oh, that's a shame, the poor fellow. He should have come to see me. Sean was an off-the-wall comedian, often described as a counterculture favorite, as he was bit of an acquired taste. He appeared on shows like The Love Boat and Captain Kangaroo, as well as many films like The Producers and It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I had to look it up and make sure I used the right amount of of mads. (laughs) Good call. So he did these stage shows when he was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And they said this is where he really got a following. People really loved watching him. He was an over-the-top, off-the-wall kind of comedian. During intermission, he would just lay on the floor the entire time. Oh, my oh. god! That was just part of Zach. <gasps> oh my so, gosh. like, during intermission, people were, it was just a joke that he yeah. was just laying on the floor during the intermission on the stage so everyone could see while they're getting up uh. and getting their food and going to the bathroom and such. And so that was just his his shtick. And then yeah. one night while he was performing, he had a massive heart attack and collapsed on the floor. And everyone oh, thought it was part of the it act. It was just part of it. Oh, <gasps> no. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. 
George S. Irving as Heat Miser. Well, 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 if it isn't Mrs. Claus. Where's your husband? Out doing another commercial for my brother? Irving was an actor that appeared in many projects. Besides this special, he was most well-known as the narrator in Underdog. Colin Duffy as the little boy Ignatius Thistlewhite, or Iggy for short. Ron Marshall as Mr. Thistlewhite. And if you look closely, you can see that Charlie Chaplin's tramp character appears as a citizen of Southtown, USA, in the mayor's song, It's Going to Snow Right Here in Dixie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Southtown, USA <laughs> yeah. is, is great. <laughs> so, why did we choose this special as our number two? Honestly, the songs. It's the, the songs. songs. It's always yeah. the songs. Yeah. I mean, there are other great aspects to this special, like the unique story and the message that no one is too old to believe in the magic of Christmas. But the songs really seal the deal. Is there anything funnier than the mini heat misers hopping around on pogo sticks as their leader sings about himself? It really is too much. (laughs) I mean, it is. And they all have these, like, what are they, straw hats? Like, you see them in all those old (laughs) movies, right? They're so, yes. It's so good. There's so much showmanship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love love it so much. They're just little, they're just tiny versions of them. (laughs) And they're just hopping around. Uh Please, mister. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine both of these misers, right? Yeah. Do they do that to anyone who comes to their place? (laughs) a good oh, question like every oh time gosh. somebody opens the door bum, 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 bum. it's like oh, i just had to go out and get the mail you don't, you don't oh have to do it again i mean rankin and bass were well known for the iconic characters they created in their specials and their depictions of christmas have had a major impact on the aesthetic of the holiday and this special was no exception absolutely yeah i Love the depiction of like Santa Claus, as I mentioned, but also Mrs. Claus in this one. She seems like the sweetest, nicest person, but at the same time, she's like, All right, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to go to your mother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, She knows what she's about to do. She can take charge. She, for a moment, she almost like was going to be Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She like puts she's on like, I can do this. And everything. It's like, This isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The elves do so much of the back, the back yeah. catalog of work. Mm-hmm. And then Santa drives the sleigh. As long mm-hmm. as, as long as Mrs. Claus knows how to drive the sleigh, which I assume yeah. she does, that's, that's all there is to right. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. The plan should already be made at this point. Yeah. Right. There should be <laughs> a, few a days before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, she's like, I could totally do this. And then the elves just say, like, one thing. And then she's like, oh, okay, you're right. I, I guess can't. you're right. I guess I can't. Like, what? It's, it, <laughs> they I mean, literally just a second ago thought you were Santa from behind. Like, why yeah, not? That's true. And I like to think that after this special, in in the universe, after the special, they had a discussion. They were like, all right, Christmas is over. This got past that one. All right. Let's make a plan for next time something like this happens. <laughs> I will be Santa Claus. Yes. Mm-hmm. We do need a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How have we gotten through this many Christmases without one? <laughs> All right, everyone, buckle up. Because you are ready for number one. I bet you're on the edges of your seats. Yeah. I bet you have no clue what it could possibly be. <laughs> it is, of course, 
Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yay! Hey, look at the bee. Hey, fire snow. Hey, Bullpoint. Right Stop calling me names. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The crowned jewel of Rankin and Bass aired on December 6th, 1964 on NBC as part of General Electric's Fantasy Hour. Uh-huh. Uh, what? <laughs> for a few years, Rankin and Bass had been creating commercials for GE, and since they had uh, been well-received, they decided to make a Christmas special as well. Right, like mm-hmm. what we said a little bit earlier, just yeah. a refresher for everybody. Back in the 1930s, Montgomery Ward would give out free storybooks to children. One of their catalog writers, Robert L. May, created the perfect story to include about an outcast reindeer named Rudolph. The store printed two million copies that Christmas, and they received letters from children and parents all over the country. Rudolph was a hit. Two years later, the store gave the rights to the story to May, who then teamed up with his brother-in-law to make it into a song. In 1948, that song was covered by famous country singer Gene Autry, and a Christmas tradition was born. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer became one of the most played Christmas songs. It was number one on yeah, the charts. Yeah, it's, wow. it's crazy. You don't... I can't imagine a world without this song. It's yeah. so mm-hmm. interesting to think about before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the just the, the classic recording of it, he's got kind of that country twang. Yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. yeah. Very, it's very sweet and simple. So in the early 1960s, Arthur Rankin turned his attention to the story for a Christmas special. Johnny Marks, the songwriter and May's brother-in-law, was very protective of the property. But it just so happened that Rankin was his next-door neighbor. Kidding me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Rankin finally convinced his neighbor to let him make the special. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yay. Uh, So, yeah, imagine you're just taking out your trash he was probably coordinating with his wife. Like, I don't want to go out tonight. He's out there. He's going to be out there. He's hiding in the bushes. Yeah, he's going to. Howdy, wanna... neighbor. He's yeah. waiting for me. Yeah. Hey, you giving some thought to my plan and my idea there? About the <laughs> yep, I sure have. Bye. Oh, I'm so glad he finally gave in, though. I mean, yes. yeah. Looking back, he's probably like, oh, well, of course. Yeah. It was a shoe-in because it, mm-hmm, like, it mm-hmm. was so successful. Right, but he didn't know that it would be. Right? And yeah. it was like when you you know, you know know how precious your art is, you know? Mm-hmm. And imagine someone taking it and changing it and you're like, I just don't know. Yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why I have a hard time. Like if I were to ever write a novel that was good enough to be picked up to be a movie, I'd want to be so involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Narrated by Sam the Snowman, this special follows the life of Rudolph, a reindeer born with a strange nose that glows red. After being made fun of by the other reindeer, he teams up with Hermie the Elf. Together they run into characters like Yukon Cornelius and the Abominable Snowman, and end up on the island of Misfit Toys. Yeah, they go on some wacky adventures. It's such a clever thing to be like this is where all the toys that were like messed up or mm-hmm. broken ish go yeah. it's cool yeah i think in every con- 
any other depiction of Rudolph they've mentioned or gone to the Island of Misfit Toys. It's like yeah. part of the lore of Rudolph now. Yeah, it's amazing. Rankin wanted a particular look to his specials, and he hired talented artists that weren't well known. His goal overall was to make none of the specials look the same, so that every story had its own feeling. That's why Rudolph felt so unique, because no one ever made anything like it before or since. And and they really pulled it off simply with characters, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's technically Santa Claus still, but he doesn't look like Santa from yeah. Year Without a Santa Claus or Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Like, it's all right. new. Yeah, they could have so easily just reused models, reused characters, but they don't, you know? Yeah. And that's so cool. They did it that way. This special was written for the screen by Romeo Moeller, and this started a long career partnership between him and Rankin and Bass. It was directed by Larry Romer, with assistant director Kizo Nagashima. The songs were written, as usual, by Jules Bass and Maury Laws, with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Holly Jolly Christmas, both written by Johnny Marks. The special had about $500,000 in production costs, which was immediately covered by GE when they purchased the rights to the property for two airings. Because of this, during the first airings, the title page said, GE presents, while in the DVD versions, it says, Rankin and Bass presents. Rankin slash Bass. This was the biggest premiere of stop-motion television so far, with Animagic created in Japan. Ikiro Komuro created the puppets, while Tadahito, or Tad, Mokinaga, was the animation supervisor. The 22 room-sized sets took a year to complete. Holy mackerel. Yeah. The figures had ball joints, and each one cost $5,000, which included multiple lip and eye pieces. Man, oh man. Mm-hmm. Remember how on Nightmare Before Christmas they mm-hmm. just switched out the faces? Yeah. yeah. But like with this, they're switching out eyebrows and yeah. lips. And... Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. In later years, the special has been released on DVD with minor changes from the original. The biggest change is the ending. The original airing had the end credits immediately after Santa flies to the Island of Misfit Toys. The credits appear on packages being thrown by an elf from the sleigh. In the later version of the credits, names are spelled incorrectly. They also shortened one scene from the special to make room for a few moments of the Misfit Toys getting on Santa's sleigh. Man, so they really had to mix and match it up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So this one was narrated by Burl Ives as Sam the Snowman, who was recognized for this role many years afterwards. He even noted that this role overshadowed his Oscar win in 1958's The Big Country. <laughs> I love Burl Ives. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. He's... Seems like the most wholesome man in the world, mm. and all of his songs are a blast. Yeah. <laughs> and this was really the height of his popularity. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. It's it's there are a few iconic Christmas voices mm-hmm. as far as like songs you hear on the radio go, and Burl Ives is one of them. Burl Ives just sounds like Christmas. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Larry D. Mann as Yukon Cornelius, the lovable Arctic prospector, aiding Rudolph and Hermie on their journey. Larry D. Mann was in several things, but most notably as the train conductor in The Sting, 
and Watkins in The Heat of the Night. Awesome. All right. He's yeah. so good. I love him. <laughs> Billy Mae Richards as Rudolph. She is not only known for being the voice of Rudolph, but also Tender Heart Bear in the first and second Care Bear movies. Hey. Aww, that makes so much sense. I can hear it now. Yeah. <laughs> What's so funny about the way I talk? Paul Souls as Hermie the Elf that does not want to make toys, but be a dentist. Paul Souls has made appearances in many things, but some of his most notable are when he played Danny in the movie The Score and Stanley in The Incredible Hulk. You know, the Hulk with Edward Norton in it. Aha. Ah, so the good one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Stan Francis as Santa Claus. Stan Francis only acted in a few things like Hawkeye and The Last of the Mohicans and The New Adventures of Pinocchio. Alfie Scop as Charlie in the Box, Fireball, and some of the reindeer. Alfie Scop was Avram, the bookseller in The Fiddler on the Roof, and he's also done voice work for several other projects. Janet Orenstein as Clarice, the little doe that fancies Rudolph before he was cool. Yeah, so nice. She liked yeah. him. She didn't even care about his nose. No, she's like, you're just so cute. <laughs> Paul Kligman was Donner, Clarice's father, and Comet the coach. <laughs> Paul Kligman is known for the 1955 musical drama series Folio and as General Thunderbolt Ross in the 1966 Hulk series. Carl Bannis as the head elf, Spotted Elephant, and some of the other toys. Carl Bannis has done voice work on several things, one being the character Sweetums in the 1971 Tales from Muppetland, The Frog Prince. Hey! Nice. Yeah. That's a good connection. Corrine Conley as the doll and some others. Corrine Conley has many credits. She's been in a range of movies and TV shows, including Days of Our Lives, the 2019 Anne with an E, and the 2018 movie A Simple Favor. Peg Dixon was Mrs. Donner, Mrs. Claus, and some other voices. Peg Dixon was in the 1956 TV movie Anne of Green Gables. Man, oh man. Getting all over the place. When Rudolph first aired, it captured 55% of viewers, and those numbers didn't decrease for over 30 years. It remains to be the longest-running animated Christmas special, and its popularity has never declined. In 1995, it was the highest-rated animated program for the entire year. Wow. Think about that. It's it 30 years later, it's... and for the whole year, in 1995, <laughs> that was, was the, the highest-rated. Oh, my gosh. Rudolph wasn't just a big deal for Rankin and Bass, but for TV in general. It paved the way for more specials. If not for Rudolph, would we have How the Grinch Stole Christmas or A Charlie Brown Christmas? Likely not. We probably would not have had those. Mm -mm. This special also highlighted an unpopular type of animation style and inspired creators like Tim Burton and other stop-motion artists. Hooray. Yeah. So thanks, Rudolph, for Kubo and the Two Strings. Exactly. Yes. Imagine. Imagine that, I mean, it, what, what this did for stop-motion. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in like the 80s and stuff, stop-motion wasn't popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And this, I mean, this is the 60s. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the biggest thing on TV is stop motion. Yeah. Yeah. Rudolph not only had incredible songs, but it also yielded colorful characters that audiences would not soon forget. But most of all, Rudolph is about intolerance. It's the story of a young reindeer whose father is ashamed of him, of an elf ostracized by his coworkers. It's a timeless story about people in search of acceptance, and that the parts of us that seem to be our weaknesses may be our best qualities. That's right. Yes. Yes. Um, and I want to point out something that's very funny. The the head elf, who was so against Hermie being a dentist, like, you're a mm-hmm. fool for being a dentist. <laughs> In one of the animated sequels to Rudolph, I don't remember the whole title of it, but it's just funny because... In that movie, the head elf is at is like visiting Hermie to get like teeth done. All the time. <laughs> so it's like you're welcome. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a, a useful thing yeah. to be a dentist. Yeah. Finally, we have a dentist in the North Pole. <laughs> we had a big debate about the, the top two, really, because yep. we love Year Without a Santa Claus so much for reasons. But Rudolph is that timeless. Mm-hmm. absolute timeless yeah. Christmas classic that you can't go without. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's integral to the holiday season. It's so, yeah, it's such a big part of it. But on Twitter, we did ask you guys what your favorite Rankin and Bass Christmas specials were, and your ranking went like this. At number four, Frosty the Snowman. Number three, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Number two, A Year Without a Santa Claus. And number one, with Rudolph. So if that list sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, so we just flipped Frosty and yeah. Santa Claus coming to town. It was very close. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we, you guys agreed with us. And we used your ranking to decide our number one. Yeah, we mm-hmm. actually weren't sure about number yeah, one or two. It was, and, it was yeah. tough. Yeah, so you did affect the show. Whoa. Isn't that cool? What? You guys could do that all the time That's if you wanted. Cool. Yeah, you just have to like tell, tell us. Talk to us. <laughs> we did have one comment that we would like to read as well from Andrew Boynton at Guthbrand on Twitter. He said, The Hobbit, before you say that that's not a Christmas special, remember the elves. Also, Gandalf is basically a low-carb Santa. <laughs> so The Hobbit is officially an honorable mention on our list. Thank you, Andrew. Yes, yes thank, thank you. you. <laughs> oh, God, I watched the animated Hobbit so much as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So another mention was The Little Drummer Boy. Yeah. Which we did, yeah. did mention earlier, which we do love, The Little Drummer Boy. Yes. It was a tough choice. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the thing. All of these specials are great, and mm-hmm. we do recommend you go watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was just too many. Yeah. Yes. So another was The Cricket on the Hearth. If oh. you haven't seen that one, please go watch it. <laughs> please watch Cricket on the Hearth. Please watch it. <laughs> and get back to us. Yes, please watch it and let us know what you think about Cricket on the Hearth. We've also got Santa Baby. Santa Baby was their last one, I believe. Oh. It was it was uh, cell animation, I think. It was It was 2D animated. There's the stingiest man in town in nineteen from nineteen seventy eight, hey. which I believe is an adaptation of uh, a Christmas Carol. Yeah, yes. we may have mentioned that all the way back. Yeah, before we got Rudolph's Shiny New Year. That's a that's a romp and a half. Hooray. I used to watch that one a lot. Yes, 
It's another pretty good one. Yeah. And Twas the Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, classic story, that one. Yeah. Yes. There's uh, Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey, <laughs> which my mother-in-law has seen and does not recommend. <laughs> oh, so. Uh, we've heard other people re- recommend it before, <laughs> Yeah, we though, did, so. actually. We saw it on a lot of lists. Yeah. We got Jack Frost. Classic. Cool. Yeah. And the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. Which that is makes... a piece of gold. Yeah. Sure. I mean, a true hidden gem. <laughs> Sounds like it makes total and complete sense. <laughs> Rankin and Bass wasn't just a Christmas special machine. They were a full-fledged animation studio that heavily influenced animation for years to come. But their contribution to Christmas is incalculable. We encourage everyone to go watch all of the Rankin and Bass specials and make a ranking of your own. You won't regret it. That is going to be a Christmas case closed. Yeah, solid. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode. We appreciate you very much. If you want to find... Anything else, blackcasediaries.com, easy peasy. There it is. We've got all of the links all over the place. You know, it's as simple as it gets, really. Yes. So thank you very much. We will see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Too much.